coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Don Mueller. Hi, this is Barbara Gon Mueller. I am so excited to have David Lorimore on. You may not know David Lorimore, but by the time of this program is over, you're going to say, oh my gosh, why have I not paid attention to his books? I'll just give you one, Profit for Our Times by David Lorimore, which explores love, truth, wisdom. And, and the person who wrote that said, this is life-changing. I went on Amazon and started to read it. And I have to buy the book. And I'm sure you're going to feel the same way. David Lorimore is first a writer. In fact, he's written so many author, authored so many articles, books, co-authored, that he's coming out with a new book, The Crest of Wisdom, or The Crest for Wisdom. Is that correct, David? Yes, it's a quest for wisdom rather than the quest, because Thank it's you. my own quest. Therefore, it's one, one quest rather than anything standard. A quest for wisdom. Quest and for wisdom, yes. Is, it's going to explore. Tell us just a bit about that. I want to get started on you, but I got so excited about your book. Well, uh, it, it, has, uh, it has three different sections. So there's one on consciousness and spirituality. Then the next one is on, on death and consciousness. And the third section is on ethics and society. So it covers a very wide range of of topics and issues and, and I, I've written these essays over a period of uh, 40 years and so um, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a lot of different voices in there as well. I am so excited to hear that. Um, you're looking at David Lorimore. He's a writer, a lecturer, poet, editor, and one who founded the Character Education in Scotland. Now, Founder of the Character Education sounds like something what we need to get into because he is the program director of the Scientific and Medical Network. And that's www.scienmednet.org. Now, David, I have read your books. I have read about you. But did I leave something out that you want me to tell our audience before we get into our questions? No, I, I think one can approach these these talk, these interviews and conversations from many angles. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to uh, plunge in. Well, you know, we are still in an uncertain world. You know, we have all these philosophers, including yourself and Baring, my late husband, Robert Mueller. What's important to us to move in the direction of a culture of wisdom, truth, justice, and virtue? How are we going to approach that in our lifetime? Well, I think from, from, from the individual point of view, these are the five principles of the Bulgarian sage Peter Dunov. And, and he said that it wasn't beliefs that were going to make a difference in the world. It was principles. It was these principles. And, it, and it's, it's possible for everybody from whatever background to believe in these principles and to embody them. You can believe in love. Everyone really believes in love if they think about it. You can believe in wisdom. You can believe in truth. Um, and we need we need that especially in, in these days uh, and then justice there, there cannot be any peace in the world without justice and goodness and virtue well that's the personal uh, end as well that um, this is something that we we can strive for to to try and uh, transform the darkness in ourselves into light and and to uh, embody these 
principles in our everyday lives. That's the important thing. And so it's, it's, it's when you're going about seeing your neighbors, uh, going into shops, um, you know, just being kind to people, being considerate. That they, they're all, these are all the small things that um, we can all do in whatever position we find ourselves. Well, you can see why David Lorimore, I forgot to introduce myself because I got so excited looking at him. I'm Barbara Gunn-Mueller and I am the host for peacepodcast.org. I'm trying to help you and myself understand that peace is possible, but it can, begins with happiness. It begins with love. It begins with a way that you can live your compassionate life. How do we develop compassion when we may not have ever experienced it, David? Well, I, I think you, again, um, it's like kindness, and the, the only acquire qualities by practicing them. And you, you don't just, you can't just think about compassion. Uh, you have to see how you can act compassionately. You can't just think about love. You have to see how you can act lovingly and be lovingly. And I, I think everything starts on the inside. And, and so it's, it's what we emanate, um, which is the essence of our being, which is then expressed in like, uh, facets if you like and um, which are these virtues and qualities so that the qualities of the disciple which is what um, peter dunoff was talking about he said they're love light peace and joy and so sometimes i meditate on these and so i breathe in love and then i breathe it out and i breathe in light and breathe it out and i breathe in peace and breathe it out and i breathe in joy and i breathe it out and, and that's, that's one way of, of trying to access these, these qualities, which are actually inherent, I believe, to our humanity. Um, but they can get overlaid by all sorts of uh, stuff that gets in the way. It's like clouds in front of the sun. There's something about breath, isn't there? That you breathe in the joy of living. You breathe in peace. Robert's poem, my late husband said, decide to be peaceful. To me, I say, decide to breathe in that life-giving breath. Decide to be that wisdom that another person may need. Decide to be quiet if that person needs it and listen and pay attention. That being present is almost like a code that I live by. Do you live by that code of being present for what shows up? Yes, very much. And I think, I think presence and paying attention um, are absolutely key. And they, they come up in, in the philosophy of the, um, French, the French philosopher Simon Weil, um, who worked in the early part of the century and, and, and died very young in 1943, age 34. And she, she, she spent a lot of time talking about intention and attention and the pure attention being love. This is when you pay full attention to someone, you do it with love and you are expressing love. And, 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 and in, in French, there's an extra dimension to this, because, which doesn't really um, occur in English, which is the attendre, which means that the attention and attendre are related. And the, and the attendre is waiting, which might involve patience. I, I learned a lot about patience from one of my dogs. <laughs> I, okay, I, I got to hear this story. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I take them both walking in the morning and uh, our younger dog is a sniffer and she just has to stop and sniff everything that's going. And I'm trying to pull, you know, keep her going. Um, and uh, we, we were going past uh, one of our neighbors about two weeks ago. 
and uh, he looked at this dog doing this and said, ah, well, that dog's not in a hurry, is she? Elle n'est pas pressée, ce chien. Sometimes you can learn the, the, these uh, qualities like patience are actually extremely important and you can learn those very immediately from um, you know, incidents in your daily life, like taking dogs for a walk. When I have to practice patience, I come from two elements, kindness and love. And if I come from that, just saying, I have to be kind, which will help me be patient, and I have to love what I'm doing and love who I'm with, then I can practice patience. But my goodness, they all tell us that patience is one of the hardest virtues to practice. And, and, and Peter Dunoff said this as well. He said that uh, the earth was a very good place to learn this. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, you have said, and, and I've heard, I read Albert Schweitzer's 50, 1954 Nobel Peace Prize speech again. And for those of you who have not read it, please, please, please read it. Because he said decisive steps must be taken to ensure the peace. Now, David, you have written 40 years what decisive steps can we take to ensure that our planet lives in a peace that it deserves? Robert always said our planet, our Earth, is a miracle. We're living in paradise. So go for it. Well, I was struck by this uh, sentence. I've got the Peace Prize um, address in front of me. When Schweitzer writes that only to the extent uh, in which the peoples of the world foster within themselves the ideal of peace, will those institutions whose object is the preservation of that peace be able to function as we expect and hope that they will? And so this is always um, the, the decisive measures, as it were, um, are um, both inner ones and outer ones. They're both individual and institutional. And, and what Schweitzer's saying, which is important, is that unless we have people of goodwill and peace in themselves, then the institutions will in fact reflect the state of mind of those um, who constructed them uh, and who are operating them. And so I think there's no, there's no shortcut, um, but what, um, what, what I try to do is, is to move in a compass direction. Um, and because, uh, you know, the, it's like we're on this enormous, we're on this with 7.8 billion people on this one planet. And, and here we are, we're just two of these people you know, having um, an important and interesting conversation. And so we, 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 can, we, we have to just see what we can do within our own sphere of influence. And for me, um, the issue goes even deeper than, than the, the, the peace as such, uh, because what we, in my view, we have to develop a, an attitude to the earth and an attitude to each other, uh, which is based on the pursuit of harmony rather than the pursuit of power. And, and so we, we, we have a system which is based on love of power um, rather than the power of love. Uh, and these, these, this, is a, this is talking at a very fundamental principle level. Um, but it's, if you don't get the fundamental principles right, then everything you build on those principles um, will be shaky. Uh, which is why um, Dunoff stresses these love, wisdom, and truth in particular as fundamental principles of, 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 of a new culture. 
Love is an easy one to practice. All you have to do is look at somebody and in your mind say, I love you. People ask me why I'm so happy and joyful. And I said, I love human. I love the human being. I love all humans. And that makes me joyful. And if I come from that point of view, then there's a more harmonious interaction with that person. Does that you find that's true for you too? Yes, yes, very much. And I, I think I'd just like to mention in this connection the, the sacred dance of the panurhythmy. And this is something which was invented by, by Peter Dunoff. And he also wrote the music. And uh, this, this is something that, that represents the new humanity in the sense that um, uh, the, the musicians who play the sequence of, of, of songs stand in the middle. And then all the, 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 the dancers uh, are in concentric circles and they are all doing the same, performing the same movements. And among those movements, which are relevant to our um, uh, conversation today, there's, there's an awakening movement, um, which is like what happens to the flowers in the spring. And then there's, then there's a, a reconciliation movement, which is like, like this. And, and this is reconciling the masculine and the feminine, recognizing reconciling light and the dark. And, and uh, so these, these, these principles, and then the giving principle is, is the third one. And these are, there are 28 of these. So, I mean, I can't explain very much, but what I'm, what I'm trying, the point I'm making is that um, as one is doing these gestures of giving and receiving or reconciliation uh, or joy of the earth, when you're stroking the earth, then you're, you're doing something with the body, which represents um, both the thought and the feeling. And, and so it's a powerful impulse. And, and I think that's what we need. We need to work out what kind of impulses people are going to um, respond to. And then we can build things up gradually. Obviously, at the top level, we're talking about the organization, the UN, and, and, and those kind of institutions, and whether those can be transformed um, into a truly multinational um, visionary force and a democratic one rather than one which is controlled by um, elite uh, groups for their own interest. And, and, and this is what one of the other things that we need a fundamental change. But uh, we can only work in, in the direction, as I was saying. Well, as Albert Schweitzer said, peace must become a reality. And that's why I look at the United Nations on its 75th anniversary, David. And Robert spent 40 years there. And when they said to him after five years, oh, I pity you, young man, you're working for peace, but the UN won't last. And Robert said, mark my words, I will be celebrating its 50th anniversary. And we were in, I get getting chills as I say these words, we were in San Francisco at the same hotel where the signing of that charter took place. And now we're celebrating 25 more years of our global voice. The United Nations does have a place to bring humankind to its perfection. Now, I, I, uh, that's, that's the vision that I, I also have, but it, it requires a, a transcendence of nationalism and, the, and, the, uh, and nations uh, trying to override the institution uh, and its functions uh, in their own interests and designing it so that it's, it doesn't really, um, it, it can't fully operate, um, you know, to sustain that founding vision, if you like. 
Well, doc, Dr. Freud was asked once, and I can't remember if it was Albert Schweitzer or um, I, well, it was somebody very notable. He said, well, why don't we have world peace? And Freud said, well, when the Civil War ended, how did that happen? It was when both warring parties fell in love with the United States. So Freud said, when the world falls in love with our planet and feels the planet is more important than nationalism, our individual um, wants and needs, but it's our planet that has to survive. So I started something called the Natural Party. If we could fall in love with nature, helping us help a little bit of love of our planet, we might be able to save our world. What do you think about that concept? Oh, I, lo I love it. And, and if, you, if you look at um, the, Peter Dunoff's politics, as it were, he, wasn't, he, was, he, he, did, he did send a, um, he sent a note to the 1919 um, peace uh, treaty negotiations, Versailles, and he said, if, if the ideas you come up with are not based on love, um, then they won't last. Um, and of course, we, we've seen what, what happened. But uh, I, I, I think the, what, he, what he said was that the motivation of the future human um, will be to dedicate his, him and herself to the whole, to the interests of the whole. And, that, and so he said that love is the life for the whole. And I feel passionately about that. And that's what I try to do with my own life. I try to live for the whole uh, and not just the part in my own. You know, well, you definitely passion. are living for the whole. Just listening to you, um, I smile because I can feel the vibration of love from you. I can feel the vibration of the whole. And I hope that people are paying attention to these words of love and wisdom and harmony and compassion, kindness. They're all the good words that we've all known as a little kid. So let's bring them into our adulthood and practice them. David, we always end our program. And I want to thank you because peace and harmony and a world that works for all begins with conversation. And I could talk with you for a really long time, but I'm going to ask you to help us. We need to know where to find out more about you. What are your websites, please? Well, uh, my, my character website um, is called inspiringpurpose.org.uk. Would you like me to write these in the, in the chat? Box? No, I've got it. My inspiringpurpose.org.uk. Okay. And then you already gave um, the Scientific and Medical Network site. But right. We Let's have do it one more time. www.scimedned.org. N-E-T.org. Scimednet. It is a T. Right Network. on. Uh -huh. Okay. Yes. Good. And then the, the, the associated sites um, for the Scientific and Medical Network are... are webinar site which is called mysticsandscientists.org mystics and scientists with an s and scientists yes uh -huh. dot org and then finally we have our consciousness conference and um, no there's one more as well um that <laughs> uh, uh, the, the, the beyond the brain.org so that's our consciousness conference in november and the last one is GalileoCommission.org, um, which is our campaign to try and expand science beyond materialism. 
Good. And you said, I'm going to go back to this beyondthebrain.org. That just really is exciting to me because I have, and you are a visioneer, probably you're one of our honored visioneers. They keep talking as we interview these different wonderful scholars on our planet. It's the heart that has to go beyond the brain. Think with your heart. Anne Baring says that in her beautiful book. Think with your heart. Stop. Don't let that brain overpower the knowledge of the electrons in your heart. Am I correct on that? Beyond yes, I, I do believe that. I think it's, it's, there are different ways of putting it. One is to say that the left and right hemispheres need to work together because the right hemisphere is the intuitive and creative hemisphere. And another one, as, as you say, is the head and heart have to work together and that the eye of the heart has to be open. The eye of the heart is the contemplative eye that enables us to understand and appreciate unity as opposed to distinction and separateness. As we're listening to David Lorimer, Dr. David Lorimer, the eye of the heart is what I'm feeling as I'm talking to you. I'm feeling more open, more available, more of who I am. And isn't that our goal to become more of who you were born to be? To be, as, to be the best version of ourselves, as it were. Yeah, I give everybody great. who's watching Dr. David Lorimore permission to be the best you can be. And it may take some concentration. It may take some reading. It may take looking at some of these incredible scholars who are on our peacepodcast.org. And I want to thank you for listening to David today. And I want to thank you for joining us every single week. These podcasts are for you for the intention of bringing our world to the harmony it deserves. We're living in paradise, but sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget that peace begins with me and you. And that happiness may just be the magic formula for your health and for your love on planet Earth. David, what final word would you like to say today, our words? Well, I, I, I think to try and keep keep a centered space in the, within these, these critical times that we're living through, to, to find your center and stay in your center. And, and in, in, it's in your center that you will find this love, this wisdom, this peace, this joy. And by being centered, you can also be present um, to all who you interact with and, and uh, live harmoniously together. Thank you. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for being our guest. This is Dr. David Lorimore. Check out his websites and share this podcast with your friends. Talk about what you're hearing today because it's up to each of us to make the world the one we want, leave to our grandchildren. That's my dream. Thank you for joining us and thank you, David. Mm -hmm.